You are listening to the Hutton Orbital News Digest. This is a shorter version of the full show that you can find on iTunes. Enjoy! The Hutton Orbital Radio folks uh, look like they're jumping off. And they oh, okay. Jump. Yeah, um, the team over at Hutton Orbital Radio are, uh, let's see if I can get that up there, I can't, are uh, jumping out of this awesome broadcast now. We'd love to stay longer, but we've got a couple of hours of show to broadcast. Thank you so much to Barry and Phil for agreeing to let us rebroadcast. Keep up the great work. We'd love to hear more from you both sometimes. We'll post a few links to the books and the audios this evening. Oh, and we've been bested by two professional shiznods. Great work. Well, thanks, guys. Oh, lovely. It's lovely. Thank you yeah, very thank much. Thank you very much. Oh, now it's our turn, and uh, the mics are finally live. Good evening, everyone, from a very excited, slightly worried, but much better now that we've, um, yes, well, Norm's done his thing and, and beaten everything into shape, put the fires out, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're back. Yes, we love Space Team, we loved the Space Team, and thanks to Barry and Uncle Phil, we've had a mega dose of intro on the show this week, and a little bit of space. We've had time to digest the big meal that the Pilots' Federation dished up earlier. You won't complain about the length of my intros next time, will you, Vantia? Ah. And on top of that, we're only half-baked. My friendship jive has charged. And I'm back from fighting the phlebotomists. And now it's time, finally, for the news. Hutton Rescue Ranger. Rock Shock Robber Clobbered. Elite Fleet Carrier Fleet Meet and Greet Treat. Moran Drama Llamas and Space Piranhas. No more Nobex as radio goes all a little bit bobbit. Atrus has a cunning plan. We didn't lose. But Lou's catching up fast. And Norma's getting ready to bash her beater. There are Hutton truckers. There are utter truckers, there are utter nutter truckers, and then there is the asylum. No, not the one with the padded walls, good drugs and soft music. And no, we don't mean that one on the banks of the Thames designed by Pugin. Nor the isolation recuperation station over at Hand Asylum, where the Federal Onanists faction get over their tennis elbow. We're talking about our asylum. Commander Asylum, a one-pilot rescue ranger division of Hutton. After a distress call flashed up on his shipboard computer, and seeing both the damsel who was in distress, plus notification of a number of children in dire need of food and educational materials, he girdled his loins, strapped his Hutton-approved underwear on the outside, threw a nearby blanket over his shoulders as a makeshift cape, and sprang into action. 
flying his trusty Pucknecket approved Lakon Type 7, complete with the enormous forehead and bull horns, he raided the nearest agricultural teeth back in. He raided the nearest agricultural outpost of its agroponic grown vegetation, staples and digital paper, and headed at maximum shift for the location of the distress call. Whereupon he and his trusty limpets unloaded the contents of the sparge at the stricken outpost, single-handedly curing famine, drought, and infrastructure failure in a single load. Alvin has nominated the asylum for a special award to be pinned to his broad chest next time we're allowed to actually meet each other in person, and dispensation to use the special docking port at Hutton Orbital. Why do Hutton truckers do the things that they do? Of course, it's for the mug. But when, like Asylum, you've already got one, you do it as being a Hutton trucker means doing the hard stuff, because you can. Next week, the Asylum is intending to solve the Galactic East problem, fight off the Thargoids with one pulse laser tied behind his back, and repair all 40 stations at once using only a Sidewinder. On Sunday, Commander I Am Legacy performed a manoeuvre to be proud of. Out in an asteroid field, minding their own business, quietly mining void opals and low-temperature diamonds. Yes, we know, but, but needs must when the fleet carrier drives, apparently. When one of the Don's dastardly Kimura pirates hove into view, demanding cargo. Now, we've all been there, had that happen to us, and the usual response is to run away or to shoot the pirate if you have a ship that's suitably equipped. Neither of these were good enough for Commander I Am Legacy. They acceded to the pirate's demand for seven tons of cargo, abandoning them where they sat next to the asteroid. Then, whilst the coarse Corsair was snuffling around, trying to pick up the cargo containers, our clever commander calmly backed up a few metres and initiated the countdown for the charges which they had already placed in the asteroid. Ten seconds later, the result was one rock and one pirate both blown to pieces, and Commander I Am Legacy had gained several low-temperature diamonds, their jettisoned canisters of void opals, and a huge self-satisfied grin. Now, that's the kind of combat that even Flossie could get behind. Earlier this evening, the Pilots' Federation performed a deep dive into their latest galactic release, the Fleet Carrier. As mentioned on the radio show last week, these behemoths of the black, these supersized space whales, these gargantuan gigaships, are soon to be unleashed from the shipyards of the Brewer Corporation for commanders whose bank balance has more zeros than a box set of Terrorhawks and more digits than a polydactyl pterodactyl from the dastardly Don space on Jurassic World. Yes, a mere five billion credits will buy you a license to manage one of these mobile stations, complete with your own docking base for you and your friends, repair facilities, a commodity market, complete with your own purchase orders for much needed goods, and yes, we know you need those performance enhancers for medical reasons a storage space for your prized cargo, and, of course, a range of offices for the various black market shady types, legal eagles, and bondsmen. 
How much the additional services will cost remains to be seen, but these floating palaces are set to be the retirement home of many a fabulously wealthy pilot. But how are Hutton going to be using them? And what shenanigans can we get up to? It appears that the ships are capable of a maximum cargo haul of 25,000 tons, or one half a hot mess. But as it stands, the Pilots' Federation have placed an embargo on the carrying and storage of rare goods. And that includes the Hutton Mug and our fable Centauri Megagin. Cecil is said to be devastated. Or he would be if he could actually afford one. There has been a huge rise in the number of pilots applying to crew one of these vessels instead of taking their life into the hands as an SLF pilot. Though we understand that it's quite a lucrative career, being paid to sit on your bum and not do very much at all. This all sounds a little familiar. With the likely situation that only one fleet carrier can be in orbit around any one stellar body at a time, which commander will be first to park a floating limpet supply ship and big pad staging post around Eden, eager to help fellow truckers with somewhere to park their free anaconda. We will be following very closely. Who will be the first to put one on Sagittarius A-star or Beagle Point? Is anyone brave enough to venture into Thargoid space or put one in a bit of a spin around Mitterrand Hollow? We're reassured by the Pilots' Federation that they're invisible to Thargoids by virtue of their new ammonia-based paint. Just uh, don't go licking the hull. On the subject of paint, we're expecting them to be available in a variety of interesting colours, from massive mauve to giant green, and of course, preposterous pink with polka dots. With a mobile shipyard at their disposal selling approved ships, will Buck be getting his own floating Lacon showroom? Will the Empire have a Spaceborne and Summers catalogue of suggestively shaped ships? More later from both Flossie and Commander Wotherspoon, but in the meantime, we're excited about what silly shenanigans and tomfoolery we can get up to. With only an estimated 3% of commanders in the galaxy wealthy enough to be putting in a pre-order for their very own space barge, a number of systems in the bubble have come under intense scrutiny as a result of being diamond places to mine your diamonds. Pilots have discovered that the Baran system has a triple-decker, super-stacked, overlapped vein of diamonds hiding in its rings, and it's been busier than a supermarket queue during an outbreak lockdown. Many billions of credits have been mined and pilots eager for the best prices for their lady's best friend, their sparkly finger trimming, have been hunting systems that are currently in public holidays and pirate attacks to pawn their hold. There are rumours that the Pilots' Federation have converted Shinrar to Desra to run on a new material. No, it's not tritium, it's salt. Mountains and mountains of salt. Harvested from the Galnet forums and the many pilots who are upset that they can't both have their cake and eat it. Yes, if you're buying one of these magnificent marvels of multipad madness, you might actually have to pay to run it. Which, of course, is trivial if you put it somewhere handy. Have a master plan and encourage people to visit your mobile market. 
Of course, if you buy one just as a willy-waving trophy exercise, you're going to end up very poor and very quickly at that. So we have some advice for everyone. There's a new item on the list of things never to do. Never stick your head in anything marked head remover. Never fly without a rebuy. Never enter an arse-kicking contest with a porcupine. And don't put your fleet carrier somewhere silly, or the Pilots' Federation will be sending someone along to extract it with extreme prejudice and probably an angle grinder. For further information on mining, please contact Commander Amelia Hawk, Hutton Mining Corporation. Out at Hutton? Somewhere near Seoul. We have some sad and disturbing news tonight. Our Nobex is about to drop off. Nobex is not, as you might have guessed, the one between Nob W and Nob Y. Nobex is, in fact, the engine behind the Hutton Orbital radio app that many of you have installed on your portable communications devices, and Nobex will soon be an ex-knob, we are sorry to say. Fear not, no need to wail, gnash your teeth, or breathe a sigh of relief, depending on your view. But, to be honest, if you don't like the show, then why are you listening now? As you will still be able to keep up with the news, views, shenanigans, and our questionable choice of music via TuneIn, or an interweb browser, at radio.forthemug.com. trackers atrus5060 here i've had a wonderful idea i've sent a message over to operation ida or is it ida with an idea why don't we all buy one of these lovely fleet areas load it up with all the things we need to fix the station then unload the whole lot at once right in tharg's face there's no new invasion to talk about this week. We're pretty sure that Operation AXI are keeping themselves busy, putting the boot in properly. Keep trucking, everyone, and don't forget for the mug. It's rubbish, isn't it? I go and donate an armful to help support a system in outbreak, and it all kicks off with a complete state everywhere. I eat my token-free biscuit, and then this week, well, I'll start with Colonia, where things mostly seem pretty stable, with Il Procol Centauri and Doriso in the low 40s, and both in civil liberty and boom states. Just how we like it. We won the elections, and thank you to all the commanders that took part and did their bit on Hutton Moon. Tier, however, appears to be on an exceedingly rapid upward trajectory with King Hanky reporting an influence of 1,538%. Now, either Hot Coal have been doing an unprecedented amount of work, or... Bloody hell, he has. The bastard. That bloody Hanky's been at my drinks cabinet. Right, kill on sight orders on all of Hanky's clones, please. Spiralling influence my arse, under the influence, and on my bloody booze. Right, okay, in the bubble, 
where the booze cabinets are properly protected, everything is peachy. No systems over 60% and only three under 40. So if you can all give a bit of a boost to Hill Parsi, Kokery and, you're not going to believe this, LHS 340. Yes, for one day only, LHS 340 is open. Fruity, go and chloroform Drew Peacock before he gets wind of this, will you? There's a good chap. Alvin would like to make it very clear that Hutton Orbital truckers do not condone PvP actions of any description without the full consent of both parties. And a formal biting will apply to anyone who takes Lou's comments seriously. Lou himself will be reporting to Alvin's kennel immediately after the show. Ah, mm, okay. Over to Norma then. As one community event enters its final phase, Flossie will update you on Operation Hot Mess later on. We bring you a new one, an occasion for which the word event is too small. This is the biggest thing since horizons came over the horizon. This is beyond, beyond. This is a coming together of commanders in an adventure that will send you scurrying to the dictionary to be sure that you correctly understand the word hyperball. We are going to hutton the shits out of the fleet carrier beta and try to break the galaxy. We want to try even more combinations than I found in that illustrated book that Lou keeps locked away in his drawer. We want to put things in and take them out in ways that the Pilots' Federation couldn't even dream of. Then we want to pick it up and give it a thorough licking for good measure. We will be starting on April the 7th, a date in which it will it'll be easy to spot hotbox commanders as they'll be the ones whistling nonchalantly saying, we didn't want to play anyway. We'll have further news of what we're trying now usual channels once the beta starts and we'll bring everyone up to date during VECM. Which brings me on to the second community event, VECM. We'll bring you more details later in the show, but I've been asked to tell you, because Flossie's too modest to bring this up, that she is our bad supremo. If you find her in Second Life, she has created a jewellery shop where you can get your own VECM badge. with this week's CCCG News. This is the start of week 12 of Operation Hot Mess and with any luck, this will be the week when we complete our mission. We need to keep the pressure on as the end is in sight. 
We ha- now have just under 7% of stations still yet to feel the love of Alvin in the form of a hot mug. There are over 51,500 stations complete and very nearly 19,000 systems totally mods free. We've also imported enough scrap to create mugs to deliver to every single station. Don't forget to check for stations that may have a market but may not be in our database. Our top 10 remains the same. Except for the number of mugs delivered, which is still rocketing up, everyone in the top 20 has now delivered at least 600 mugs. Uh, Apart from you, Marco2612, hurry up, you're making my statistics untidy. I want an apology for that. There's still time to join the operation and to make a difference. We now have a grand total of 314 commanders who have now signed up and we're running at an average of 163 mugs per pilot. I say this every week that although more commanders join, this average keeps on rising. So well done everyone. One of the main instigators in this mission, Mr Shouty, aka the Porno Norm, aka Lister 69, has announced that he's hanging up his flight suit for the last time, so completing this mission on time has been given an extra impetus for us. VECM is only 8 days away and we still have 7% to go. We can do this. Hot mess means hot mess, but we all need to work together. Get out there and deliver a mug or two. Do it for yourself, do it for shouty, but most of all, do it for the mug! That's all from me this week. Flossie told you what to do. Greetings, Commanders. Thank you so much for joining us on this very special review stream. Carrier News Digest, 2nd of April 3306. We watched the live stream so you don't have to. And in this week's news, the fleet carrier announcement was announced. Fleet carrier announcement announced. Brewer Corporation tonight gave quite a lot more information about the new fleet carriers, ships that they describe as a mobile base of operations, offering services including the three R's, reload, refuel and repair. Commodity storage, and for the first time, the ability to trade directly with other commanders. Luke Betterton of Brewer Corporation and Dav Stott of the Pilots' Federation fielded questions from investigative reporter Stephen Benedetti. What did we find out? The new Drake-class fleet carriers can be bought at one of 12 fleet carrier vendors based in starports next to the manufacturing facility, all in industrial systems near the heart of the Empire Federation and Alliance. They are mobile docking platforms for the owner and, if they want, their friends, their squadron or, optionally, anyone at all. Commanders with notoriety can be prevented from docking. At their most basic, fleet carriers offer 25,000 tonnes of storage space. If you want to hoard a commodity, well, 
Now you can. Commanders who make their money through trading can now invite other commanders to trade with them through the fleet carrier. The fleet carrier owner can list some of the stored commodities for sale or they can list items they want and visiting commanders can buy and sell against those for sale and wanted lists. There are two separate markets, one for legitimate goods and one for the benefit of pirates and scavengers, a secure warehouse for storing, buying and selling stolen goods. The owner can use this trading to offset the running costs of their carrier or even to make a profit by charging a percentage markup on all transactions. For explorers, fleet carriers offer the ability to jump 500 light years every two hours. Are you unsure whether to take your anaconda or your crate phantom exploring? Why not take both? The fleet carrier fuel tank holds 1,000 tonnes of tritium fuel, which is just enough to allow two consecutive 500 light-year jumps. You can buy tritium fuel from some starports, and other commanders can donate tritium via the depot, but if you take a few ships kitted out from mining, surface and subsurface deposits from icy asteroids, you should be able to keep your ship fueled and jumping its maximum range every two hours. If you kept up that rate of jumping continuously, you could move your fleet carrier 42,000 light years in a week, which certainly puts the Gnosis to shame. Even better, the massive jump range finally offers explorers the chance to jump to some of those really out-of-the-way stars on the very fringes of the galaxy that have until now remained tantalisingly out of reach. You do not need to be on your carrier to order it to jump. You could be on the other side of the galaxy. As long as it has enough tritium, you can order your crew to make the jump. If you have a system map for the destination system, you can even choose what stellar body you want the carrier to enter orbit around. Fleet carriers cannot enter permit-locked systems, not even if the owning commander holds that permit. Explorers should note that there does not appear to be an option to host a universal cartographic service on a fleet carrier, nor does there appear to be a missions board. However, in addition to the basic services of crew lounge, the tritium depot for fueling the ship, the commodities market and the owner's carrier management interface, there are optional services that come at extra cost. The black market is one such service, as is advanced ship maintenance, which allows you to rearm, refuel and repair visiting spaceships, and a redemption office that lets you cash in vouchers in a manner similar to the interstellar factor. You can also fit a shipyard and outfitting, and you can choose what sorts of ship and modules you'll stock, by theme and by quality. For example, you can stock multi-role, explorer, combat, combat trader and cargo ship types, some of which come in basic and advanced options. For example, the advanced trading ship pack includes Lacon Type 6, 7 and 9, for which you must pay up front, but you can choose to sell them to the other commanders at a markup. The shipyard takes up a considerable chunk out of your 25,000 tonne storage, so if you fit a shipyard, you're losing a lot of warehousing. If you have a shipyard and outfitting, other commanders can store their ships and modules on your fleet carrier, and they'll travel around the galaxy on your carrier. Should you ever sell your carrier, other commanders' assets will be safely moved to a nearby facility. 
Fleet carriers are not cheap to buy or run, starting at 5 billion credits, plus a weekly basic maintenance fee of 10 million credits, with additional costs for extra services and maintenance fees following every jump. These fees, which are paid weekly from the fleet carrier's own bank account, which the owner may need to top up from his personal account, cover the cost of running the services, the cost of crew, and the cost of putting right any wear and tear. Nonetheless, a canny fleet carrier operator should be able to turn a profit, especially when supplying other services to visiting commanders. In order to save money, the owner can choose to turn off services temporarily. They will still incur a weekly fee, but it will be much reduced. To completely remove a service, the carrier must be returned to a system with carrier maintenance facilities. If a commander fails to keep up his maintenance payments, the debt collector calls on Thursday mornings. If a commander is very, very behind on his payments, his ship may be sold to pay off his debts, and he will be reimbursed with the remaining funds from the sale once wear and tear has been taken into account. Decommissioning takes a week during which stored ships and modules may be transferred to other facilities. If a fleet carrier is in an inhabited system, the system authorities will send patrol ships to ensure no illegal activities are taking place. If everything seems to be in order, they'll eventually learn to trust the carrier and step down the level of patrols. It's perfectly possible for a carrier to be held in high regard in the Empire, but to be public enemy number one in the Federation. Fleet carriers will not be right for every commander. They're a big commitment, and balancing the books will require work, whether the income is from charging other commanders for services or from good old-fashioned mining. Even if you choose not to own one, they're about to become a common sight in the galaxy, a bit like corner shops, charging a little extra, but much more convenient. How long will it take the fuel rats and the hull seals to install repair and refuel facilities at Beagle Point? The possibilities seem endless. Opportunities to test drive your personal fleet carrier begin on Tuesday the 7th of April, with carriers available to purchase in early June. And that's this week's Fleet Carrier News. Fleet Carrier News, we read the details so you don't have to.
Two light years crossed at a hell of a pace Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker Well, howdy there, y'all. This here's Buck Naked, spokesman for Lacon Spaceways. Back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website Hot. Dot for the mug dot com. Almost as pain-free as breaking your piggy bank to buy one of them fleet carriers. So let's get on to our top truckers this week. Yeehaw! From the Explorers, jumping around like them horny rabbits in a field, Commander Mindwipe is back at it again with almost 54,200 light years jumped. You know, Claire Helen weren't too far behind you. Are you two racing somewhere, maybe? Commander Kuroi Kisumi kept control of the trigger this week, turning the despicably dirty do-batter Don Antonacci and his band of pathetic pirates into space dust. He racked up over 39.2 million credits worth of bounties while tearing the engines out of each and every one of the Don ships. That's two weeks in a row now for Kisumi. Running missions like no other, Commander Texas 2 racked in 3,373 mission points this week. That makes two weeks in a row now for that old timer. Loading up the new trailer attachment to the rear of a Lacon Type 9 and filling it to the brim, Commander Operation IDA hauled over 45,000 tons of cargo around the galaxy and apparently picked up a few stray tons here and there. It ain't stealing if it just kind of sticks to the rest of your inventory. And keeping control of the Hutton High Speed Rail this week, Commander Texas Stu delivered 1,548 passengers around the galaxy in his attempt to also earn the most mission points and keep this category all to himself for the second week in a row. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Brett Riverboat in one hour, 22 minutes, and 31 seconds. But the fastest run to Hutton in this month of April is held by Commander Doc Jack in one hour, 24 minutes, and 30 seconds. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways. Only ships in the galaxy 
that come with a die-cast model of a fleet carrier you can play with as you slowly trudge your life away flying a Hutton Orbital over and over again. Good night, everybody, and for the mug. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Good evening. Oh, <clears throat> sorry about that. Nay, nay.